This year, build your credit history with the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. No credit checks to apply. Get started at Chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Chime checking account and a 200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply. Carolyn, money more Carlingford, peacefully at Beaumont Hospital, Dublin. Removal from her home this afternoon, proceeding on foot from Quarry Banks at 12.40 to St Michael's Church, Carlingford, arriving for funeral mass at one o'clock, which will also be live streamed on churchservices.tv. Burial afterwards in St Michael's Cemetery. The death has occurred peacefully of Oliver Kane, Ashley, Ballyban Road, Galway and formerly of Milltown Grange, Castle Bellingham. Requiem Mass today at 12 noon in the Holy Family Church, St James's Road, Merview, will be streamed live on churchtv.ie. Burial afterwards in Rinvile Cemetery, Oranmore, County Galway. House private please donations if desired to Cancer Care West. The death has occurred of Nolene Murnahan, Nee McGahan, Listoonan, Carrick McCross, and formerly Shan Coban in a skein unexpectedly at her home. House private. Removal from her home this morning, proceeding on foot to St Mary's Church, Listoonan, arriving for funeral mass at 11 o'clock, which can also be viewed live on churchservices.tv. Burial afterwards in the adjoining new cemetery. The death has occurred of Barry Newman, Rathmullen Park, Drogheda and formerly of Church Street, peacefully at Our Lady of Lourdes Hospital. Funeral Mass today at 12 noon in Holy Family Church, Bowlesgrove. Burial afterwards in St Peter's Cemetery. The death has occurred of Roisin Carraher, Knee Short, Glide View, Glide Road, Talonstown, peacefully at Blackrock Abbey Nursing Home, Blackrock, Dundalk, reposing at Finlay's Funeral Home, Tierney Street, RD. Removal this morning at 10.30 via Duffy's Cross to St Peter and Paul's Church, Talonstown, arriving for funeral mass at 11 o'clock. Burial afterwards in St Oliver Plunkett's Cemetery, Talonstown. The death has occurred of Anna Wise, Castletown Court and formerly of Clonarney, Delvin, County Westmeath, suddenly at St Camillus Nursing Centre, Caloocan. Funeral Mass this morning at 11 o'clock in the Church of the Assumption, Delvin. Burial afterwards in Clonarney Cemetery. The death has occurred of William Liam Gorman, Galroostown, Termenfecken, Drogheda, peacefully at Sunhill Nursing Home, Termenfecken, reposing at his home today from 3pm until 7pm. Funeral Mass tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock in the Church of the Assumption Sandpit. Burial afterwards in Holy Cross Cemetery, Sheetland Road, Termenfecken. Family flowers only, donations if desired to Trader Lodge Alzheimer's Daycare Centre. House private tomorrow morning, please. The death has occurred of Margaret, Margie Caffrey, Nee Ennis, Cushionstown, Ashburn and formerly of Garristown, County Dublin, at her home. Reposing at her home today from 12pm to 9pm. Funeral mass tomorrow at 11am in the Church of St. Keenan Dulic. Burial afterwards in Cross McCall's Cemetery. House private tomorrow morning, please. The death has occurred of Rosie Hand, Nee McGillick, North Lodge, Hedford Kells, peacefully at Ratoth Manor Nursing Home. 
Removal from McEntee's funeral home Kells this morning at 10.20, travelling via North Lodge to arrive at St Columkill's Church Kells for funeral mass at 11 o'clock. Burial afterwards in St Columkill's Cemetery. The death has occurred of John Payne, Mornington Avenue Trim and formerly of Clegaro, Baconstown, Enfield, suddenly at his residence. Funeral Mass today in St Michael's Church, Rathmaline at 12 noon. Burial afterwards in Kill Cemetery, Rathmaline. John's funeral cortege will travel to the church at 11.30am via her Cross and Isaacstown. Family flowers only, please. Donations in lieu to an animal charity of your choice. House private, please. The death has occurred of Anne Riley Nee Culligan, Drumgoolstown Stabannon, suddenly but peacefully at Our Lady of Lourdes Hospital, reposing at Connor's Funeral Home Dunlear today from 4pm until 8pm. Removal tomorrow morning from her son Brendan's residence to St Nicholas's Church Stabannon, arriving for funeral mass at 11 o'clock. Burial afterwards in Stabannon Cemetery. House private tomorrow for removal. Family flowers only, please. The death has occurred peacefully of John Joe Connell, Germana, Nobber, funeral arrangements later. And the following family notice is also published on our website today. Brian Wogan, Cashel Slane, whose first anniversary occurs today. And LMFM extends its sympathy to the families and friends of the deceased. And that's all the news for the moment. We'll have the headlines again at 10 o'clock. But for now, from me, Ruth O'Connell, have a very good morning. LMFM Acknowledgement and Anniversary Notices are published on the Family Notices section of our website with details then broadcast on LMFM during the main morning, lunchtime and evening news bulletins. If you would like to have an acknowledgement or anniversary notice for a loved one published and broadcast on LMFM then simply contact us on 041-9876-247 or email notices at lmfm.ie Here are last week's road safety figures. Over 3,500. The number of penalty point notices issued. 179. The number of drivers arrested on suspicion of drink or drug driving. And two. The number of people killed on our roads. Behind these numbers is a story of lost lives, broken families and devastated communities. If you can improve just one thing about your driving, you can help save lives on our roads. From the Road Safety Authority and on Garda Siakona. Mike Tinfer in concert with guests Brendan Shine and Philomena Begley at Carrickdale Hotel Dundalk on January 14th and with Philomena Begley and Ronan Collins at the TLT Drogheda on March 15th. Tickets €35 Euro on sale at both venues and Ticketmaster.ie. That's Mike Tinfer and guests at the Carrickdale Dundalk and TLT Drogheda. The perfect Christmas gift. The Valley in Malera, the perfect place to celebrate with friends and colleagues this festive season. Serving delicious bar food, lunch, early bird and a la carte dinner seven days a week. Live music on New Year's Eve. Merry Christmas from John, Jackie and all the staff. Give them the gifts they'll really love at Harvey Norman. Gift the gamer, movie or live sports lover with our range of smart TVs. Like the 65-inch Samsung CU71 smart TV with strong 4K picture quality, just 679. Or gift the Sony Bravia X75 with stunning visuals and enhanced sound quality for that truly immersive experience, just 799. Shop in store or online at harveynorman.ie for two-hour click and collect. And with our best prices guaranteed, why shop anywhere else? Christmas gifting with Harvey Norman. 
Join LMFM this Saturday from 12 noon, live from the Navan Town Centre, for the finale of their Christmas Spin the Wheel promotion, where one lucky person will walk away with €1,000. And don't forget, you still have a chance to be in the draw, as the last finalist will be selected this Friday. So when you spend €50 in any of the shops in the Navan Town Centre, make sure you drop your receipt into the Spin the Wheel Drum and be in with a chance to win some great prizes. That's LMFM, live from 12 noon this Saturday for the finale of the Navan Town Centre Spin the Wheel promotion. Call Michael now, 041-983-2000. The Michael Reed Show, brought to you by AirGrid, managing and planning the national grid so that everyone has electricity when and where they need it. Alan Cantwell on LMFM. Good morning. It's Friday, 22nd of December. Coming up on the programme, Fergus O'Dowd on the year that was and the political future for 2024. How to avoid food waste and salmonella over Christmas. We gauge how business has performed in the region in the run-up to Christmas. The clock is ticking. We're almost there. Santa Claus is coming to town. The DAA confirms a flight plan has been lodged for Irish airspace to allow Santa, his sleigh and reindeers to travel. We'll have the very latest from the DAA. You're with Alan Cantwell through till 10. If you want to email us, it's michael at lmfm.ie. Sleigh bells ring, are you listening? In the lane, snow is glistening, a beautiful sight, we're happy tonight, walking in the winter wonderland, gone away is the bluebird, here to stay is a new bird, he sings a love song as we go along, walking in the winter wonderland. In the meadow we can build a snowman Then pretend that he is Parson Brown He'll say, are you married? We'll say, no man But you can do the job when you're in town Later on we'll conspire As we dream by the fire To face unafraid the plans that we made Walking in the winter wonderland Over the ground lies a mantle of white A heaven of diamonds shine down through the night Two hearts are thrilling in spite of the chilling weather Love knows no season, love knows no climb Romance can blossom any old time Here in the open We'll walk in and hoping Together, 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 together Sleigh bells ring Are you listening in the lane? Snow is listening, a beautiful sight. We're happy tonight, walking in the winter wonderland. Gone away is the bluebird, here to stay is a new bird. He's singing a love song as we go along, walking in the winter wonderland. 
in the meadow we can build a snowman and pretend that he's a circus clown we'll have lots of fun with mr snowman until the other kitties knock him down when it snows ain't it thrilling though your nose gets a chillin' We'll frolic and play the Eskimo way Walking in the winter wonderland Walking in the winter wonderland Winter wonder, winter wonderland <coughs> Winter, winter wonder, wonderland I just had to squeeze it in for the time of year that it is. Johnny Mathis, Winter Wonderland. Good morning, you're on the Michael Reed Show with Alan Cantrell till 10 o'clock. Well, as you know, Fergal TD Fergus O'Dowd announced that he will stand down at the next general election. He's currently chair of the Oireachtas Committee on the Implementation of the Good Friday Agreement and joins us here in studio this morning to have a discussion around 2023, the year that was, and what is in store politically, perhaps. We'll uh, get into the crystal ball gazing for 2024 to see what we can expect. First, uh, let me first of all wish you a happy Christmas, Fergus, and thanks for joining us in studio this morning. Um, I want to get into current matters first, and that is in relation to the Troubles Legacy Act becoming law in September, as we know. We have it in the High Court in Belfast, and we also have the Irish government taking a case to Europe on it. Do you think that the Irish government were right in terms of what they were doing, given the reaction we have seen coming from Chris Heaton-Harris, where he said he profoundly regretted the decision, didn't see the need for it to be taken, and given the issues that are already before the UK courts, he's he's obviously uh, referring there to the High Court. Were were we right in doing what we did? Of course we were right. We actually, uh, Micheál Martin, as he said, he regretted it very much, but we have no choice. The reason is that uh, the jurisdiction of the European Court of Human Rights applies to all of the countries who signed up for that. Britain and Ireland are two of those. And if you want to take an interstate action, that's one country, take another country, you must act within four months of the legislation being passed. So that four-month date was up in January, I think, the 16th, 17th. So either we took the case or we didn't. Uh, and the point is that all of the victims that we've met, and we've met sadly lots of victims yeah. of the troubles uh, they they want their rights their human rights vindicated and what the legislation was doing and it was passed by the british government is that you couldn't you, after a certain date you couldn't get an inquest you couldn't take a civil action against somebody who might have murdered your loved one and the director of public prosecutions was not involved in deciding as to whether you would be brought to court or not so so there were three fundamental wrongs and the only way to vindicate those is to do what we're doing it strikes me that it probably wasn't a prudent decision from a time perspective when you consider what is going on and trying to re-establish the power sharing executive in the north. If we had held out for a couple of weeks, as you say, we had till the 19th of January to make a decision. It might have been helpful if we had allowed that breathing space to perhaps get Jeffrey Donaldson back on board because we seem to be taking one step forward and two steps back. So from a time yeah. perspective, it was the right thing to do? Well, I think that, that point has certainly been made, but there, there's two things I didn't say yet. And one is that all of the parties in Northern Ireland, 
including the DUP, did not support this legislation. Yeah. And secondly, all of the victims' groups were anxious that it would happen. But, it, but it's clearly rankered um, uh, <coughs> the British. The, yes, the, the, yes the but, uh, but, but the British have already uh, prepared for this. Lord Kane, who's the minister in the House of Lords, who finally put the legislation through, he said yesterday you know, that they were ready for the Irish government. And indeed, uh, the point is that this is a separate legal action. That doesn't mean uh, that our relationship has to deteriorate to any significant extent and what is hugely important is that both governments uh, keep trying to improve their relationships it was very bad as you know under two previous prime ministers in the UK who didn't last thankfully uh, that long in that context for Ireland Uh, so I think that uh, we must uh, ensure that our relationship is as good as it can be and that is also our wish so they're two separate things. But I agree with you. It's a difficult time for everybody. Jeffrey Donaldson has to make up his mind. He's He's been out of business now for a long, I think must be over yeah. a year. And, uh, you know, either he does or he doesn't. And the point is, you know, you know, we must listen to unionism, but they can't stop progress either. You say listen to un- unionism, but Jeffrey Donaldson has to listen to his own party because if we cast our mind back a week or so <clears throat> ago, things were looking pretty optimistic. And then all of a sudden, the more hawkish elements within the DUP decided, hang on a second, we're not going down this road. And it reminds me of what happened with David Trimble in the final days of coming to an agreement. He pushed through when his party weren't that too enthusiastic about it. Is Donaldson perhaps looking at that and saying, well, I'm not going to go down the same route as Trimble did? Well, uh, that could well be so, but the party that Trimble did lead, the UUP, UUP, uh, wants them to go back in. I appreciate they're just 10% in the polls now, and the DUP have actually gone up in the polls recently because of Donaldson's uh, approach. But the fact is, like, there's a strike in Northern Ireland today. Trains are stopping in in Dundalk because there's no service north of Dundalk. Public service workers are in a very bad way because they can't get rises. Like, the economy in Northern Ireland is suffering great Uh, And the other point is that there's a general election due in the UK next year, more than likely. And the DUP are probably, uh, and I met some people in the DUP who said to me that if they went back into Stormont, uh, they could lose uh, one of their seats in Westminster. That's another of their concerns. But like, I mean, that's what they're saying. But what we're saying to them as a government is that we will play our part in ensuring that the Northern Ireland economy improves. Uh, you know, we want to invest in cross-border initiatives. And um, most Northern Ireland people want to get on with the business. I, I think as well it could be looked at from the point of view that he's a prudent negotiator in that he sees money on the table. It's not enough. He wants to up the ante and he's yeah. waiting until that ante is up before they jump. That's that's a reasonable assumption. To well, it's gone well. up already. Yeah. It was 2.2, two, it's 3.1. Yes, of course. So. <laughs> and he probably wants to go north of that as well. Yeah, and indeed all the parties want that yeah. because the economy, you know, is not a real economy, obviously in the north because it needs all the, the support it gets from the UK. But at the end of the day, if you have all of the people in Stormont, if, if the majority of them want to get on with the business, they should be let do that. If the DUP don't want to participate as the second largest party, well, then they, they, you know, there should be a mechanism where Alliance or whoever else is the third party should be able to step into the deputy leader's role. And I think that's the way forward. You cannot frustrate the will of the people uh, with a significant minority of a party. You cannot do that. Uh, and, and that's the problem we have. And if, the last point I make is that it's it, it, against the DUP position. It, it's making the argument that nationalists make that we need to be closer to the south and the United Ireland in the long run 
or, or the media run is the way forward, which 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 more people want, I think. OK, let's just park that there for the moment. Um, we're not obviously going to go through your political career. It's been well documented. <laughs> don't have that long. But it's been well documented on this programme yeah. with Michael and in the newspapers. So the only question I'll ask you in relation to that on mature reflection, did you make the right decision? Have you had time to think about it? And are we going to see one of those political vote fasses in the next 24 hours or even live here on radio? <laughs> it's Christmas time. So I'll spare the people in suffering of that one. Uh, no, I tell you, I'm, I'm uh, obviously I'm happy and I'm sad. It's sad because it's a fact, but I'm happy that there's a new phase in my life coming. Uh, but also, um, look, I love my work. And please, God, I will continue working with the public in some way when I do, uh, when when the dull term comes to an end. But it's it's conceivable I, this yeah. is your last Christmas as a as a TD. It is, Could yeah, be. yeah. But I still am a TD, and yeah. I have to remind my colleague Jed Nash out there. Do you hear me, Jed? You have a poster up saying you're drawn as only TD. There are three of us still in business. The, the one question, <laughs> the, the one question I will ask you, and um, before we get into twenty three, twenty four, um. Have you found it's become more demanding being a, a politician in Ireland today? It's changed a lot. When I started off, it was much more relaxed, much more collegiality, much more friendships between you and the public. It's got more difficult. People have tough lives. They have tough decisions. Uh, they're, they're in tough places with mortgages. You know, they're in tough places with their income. And obviously, if you're in government, you're the first line of, of attack on that. Uh, and that is true, but it's not personal. So if somebody is angry at me, I know that it's an issue yeah. that's concerned. It's not me personally. So I'm able to do that. Uh, I suppose social media have got difficult. But look, if somebody starts using swear words and significant uh, appalling abuse, you just cut them off and that's it. So generally, I, I, I'm able to survive. Yeah, there was always yeah. that underlying, I suppose, <clears throat> belly of abuse that was out there, but it's become much more pervasive now with social media and with people's interaction on a one-to-one basis. Yes, it's, it not an, it's not a pleasant place to be. It sometimes it, well, it, well, the good thing is at the same time is that people can message you immediately. You can respond after two or three minutes. You can you, you can get results for people. You can communicate with them. So there's, there, there are pluses and minuses, definitely. But uh, do I enjoy it? I do enjoy it, yes. Okay, and, uh, Fergus, uh, the time is galloping away. I want to take sure. a quick break and we'll come back and talk about 2324. Thank you. No problem. On LMFM. Michael at lmfm.ie The Michael Reed Show with Airgrid, managing and developing the national electricity grid so that it's fit for our current needs and ready for our future ones. What are our directives? We put bad guys in jail. Reacher's back on Prime Video. It's like the good old days. Yeah, you on the sidelines while I do all the work. He's bigger. Surveillance photos don't do you justice. Badder. Why'd you gotta hit him so hard? I don't hit soft. And bolder than ever before. We're gonna need more guns. Watch now, only on Prime Video. Shutting a car door. Ouch! Chopping a veg. Ow! Even playing your favorite game. Don't make your minor injury a major hassle. Whether it's a sprain, break or minor burn, head to Dundalk Injury Unit. Open seven days, nine to eight for patients five years and over. See hse.ie forward slash injury units for more. 
Hi, Liam here, wishing you a happy Christmas and peaceful New Year from First Choice Pharmacy. An independent pharmacy, part of your community, we offer quality, convenient, full prescription service, medication management and professional medical advice seven days a week, including bank holidays. Avail of our drop and shop express dispensing services or book in for your flu vaccine with First Choice Pharmacy today. Located in-store at Tesco Extra, Drogheda. First Choice Pharmacy. Make it your first choice. Get them the gifts they'll really love at Harvey Norman. Like the cinematic LG 55-inch C3 OLED TV. Perfect for watching your favourite Christmas movies for $1599. Or get the Sony A84 OLED Smart TV for next-gen gaming and an immersive sound experience for $1799. Shop in-store today or online at harveynorman.ie for two-hour click and collect. And with our best prices guarantee, why shop anywhere else? Christmas Gifting with Harvey Norman. Join LMFM this Saturday from 12 noon, live from the Navan Town Centre for the finale of their Christmas Spin the Wheel promotion, where one lucky person will walk away with €1,000. And don't forget, you still have a chance to be in the draw, as the last finalist will be selected this Friday. So when you spend €50 in any of the shops in the Navan Town Centre, make sure you drop your receipt into the Spin the Wheel Drum and be in with a chance to win some great prizes. That's LMFM, live from 12 noon this Saturday for the finale of the Navan Town Centre Spin the Wheel promotion. 086-1800-658 Michael Reed Show, brought to you by AirGrid, managing and planning the national grid so that everyone has electricity when and where they need it. Alan Cantwell on LMFM. You can text or WhatsApp us 0861800658 or email michael at lmfm.ie. If you've just joined us, you're with Alan Cantwell through till 10 o'clock. We're joined in studio by Deputy Fergus O'Dowd, who announced that he will uh, not be standing in the next election. So we decided to bring him in and have a chat in relation to how 2023 was from a political and news perspective and look forward to 2024. Uh, Deputy, let's just look at the news then in... Um, 23. January of 23, I suppose, signalled year two of the war in Ukraine and the suffering and the barbarity that we'd see there that's continuing to play out. I suppose looking at 2023, it will be a year dominated by man's inhumanity to man. It's been an appalling year with wars and suffering across the globe. Absolutely. And all you have to do is look at the television in Gaza. That tells everything. Children, young babies dying place been utterly and absolutely destroyed it's just it's just appalling and the united nations unable to act in an effective way and indeed the arab world it not 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 using pressure either i'm not talking about military pressure yeah. but i think uh, i think israel and i mean over what one and a half thousand of the citizens were murdered cruelly barbarously uh, i understand you know the, the need to, to to solve that issue in terms of you know, holding Hamas accountable, but Hamas are not the people of Gaza, and that's the difficulty they have. And I think we all love to see a ceasefire now. And and um, it, 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 it strikes hard, me that yeah. we may have a resolution in play at some point today that like the Security Council may yeah. have agreed on some form of wor- wording. Now, w- w- Ireland has stood up and set its face very much against the Israeli action in terms of what is happening in Gaza from a protracted period. We did say they were within their rights in order to protect themselves, but it's very got much, to the stage yeah. now where it's got gone totally out of out of hand. Um, the Western world really needs to hang their head in shame. I mean, words are words, but we really need to see action in relation to, you know, 
putting pressure on Israel. It, it, it's just inconceivable to think the democracy of the Western world has failed to do anything that will counter this. Yeah, and the problem in Israel is that you've got a very right-wing government. Uh, don't forget that a few months ago, before all this happened, Netanyahu, there were hundreds of thousands of people protesting on the streets because he's doing away with the with the judicial system and the, in, in, its independence. So there are lots of people in Israel who, who don't agree with this, um, with their policy. Um, I mean, it's it's just it's just unbelievable vengeance, and it's it's unacceptable. But there has to be a way that Hamas can be outmaneuvered, and that you can restore peace uh, in Palestine. I think one of the ways is to get the, the two nations living side by side. Do you really think that'll yeah. work? I mean, we've well, tried it, the two-state <coughs> solution for yeah, decades, it and hasn't it's worked. just been no. Because I think America, America is a huge part to play in this, and obviously, obviously, you know, as we all know, that President Biden. You know, his his image has suffered greatly as a result of what's happening. And I mean, image is one thing, but he's in an election situation as well. So I think the reality is all of the great powers sitting around the small powers, sitting in the United Nations, can't stop women and children being murdered every day, um, you know, being destroyed. I mean, I'm just looking at little babies. You know, I just I just can't. I just can't. It's just appalling. And I think the, the UNICEF ad. It's just it's very distressing. Yeah, but that is, I think that 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 is telling you the exact total truth. These people are suffering, and it should not be happening. Closer to home, it was a year, I suppose, dominated as well by the cost of living crisis that was a hangover from the previous year. That in, the government did what they could in terms of providing financial subvention in relation to electricity, power, heat, and all that sort of thing. Has it gone away or do you detect that it's still there, that people are still suffering? They are suffering, of course they are. And that's why we need to increase, obviously, the minimum wage. That's why we need it's to It's happening, increase. the minimum it is, wage. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's why. And that's why I know there's a double payment to you again at the end of January for 1.3 million people who are on the, the basic income benefits. And that that's helpful. But on, on we have more people working than ever before. But then you have people who can't get houses. You have people who can't pay mortgages. So there's lots of serious issues out there and I think that any government, whoever they might be, we have to look after those who are weakest and most in need and at the same time we have to make sure that enterprise and jobs are created and that's the challenge uh, for the new year is to ensure that that can happen. Housing, it was I suppose um, an agenda that dominated political thinking and and social thinking throughout the year, for years to come and and it comes back to the same thing that there is abject failure on the part of the current administration to try and meaningfully do something about the problem with homelessness and housing. The yeah, stats are there. Yeah, well, well, the stats are there. And the stats showed that uh, in 2008, we built 90,000 houses per year. Uh, when the crash came, there were less than 5,000 houses per year being built. We're now up around, we expect, uh, last year, 30,000. This year, we believe it'll be 32,000, close to that. And you're absolutely right. The population is growing exponentially. There's, I think, over a million more people living yeah, here I, in the I world. Know, you know, Fergus, uh, we, we, yeah. we have children who are homeless this oh, Christmas. No, I, accept that. I'm, 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 I accept that totally. What I'm saying is, uh, I agree with you. And that's why we need more workers in the building industry. That's why uh, Minister Richmond uh, increased the number of people who can come in here yeah, and the from outside permits. of the EU. But, but yeah. look, we need to accelerate um, the building, for, the bu- accelerate yeah, but, the building that, program. But, but that's we're, what we're he's doing. doing it. You know, but, but the fact is, you see, that two-thirds of our actual 
construction forces left this country uh, after after the bust. And that's the problem. But I agree with you. And I accept and acknowledge it's a huge problem. Excuse me, but we are dealing with, look around County Loud. There are 8,000 houses at the moment with planning permission. And something like 3,500 of those are actually being constructed. On your way here this morning, on both sides of the bridge, you have high-rise buildings going. You can't go anywhere in Drogheda without seeing new construction. And same all over the county. You have 20,000 new people going to be living in North Drogheda. You have an increase of 50 15,000 people in population in East Mead. So all of these things are happening. I can see them happening. They're not happening fast enough. We need to do more. We have over 100,000 people living in accommodation in terms of Ukrainians, international protection okay. applicants. Well, 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 so me. like we're, we're, we are at a very serious stage. Yeah. And, and, you know, but, but I think, <clears throat> and this is for the people to judge, and they will have an election next year that have European local elections, more than likely a general election. They will cast, okay. they, they will and, cast and, and their I, vote on that. Come to that, but Sinn Féin clearly have the answers. Why aren't you talking to Sinn Féin about this in order to accelerate the programme to ensure that everybody has a house and to yep. ensure, as Mary Lou said, that the cost of a house in Dublin gets down to three? Well, well, the 000. first one is that the policy that Mary Lou has will deprive something like 30, there's 30,000 people living in homes today that got the help to buy, the, you know, the, the grant for the help to buy. Uh, she wants to stop that. Uh, she wants to put people into negative equity because of your house or my house that you're buying today, if that's going to drop in price, you will never be able to sell it because you'll never be able to get the, you won't be able to pay your mortgage. Banks are not going to rent, they're not going to lend to you because there's no security if you, if you, if you don't pay. So it's all very well to wave these, these, these ideas in the air, but the reality of government is you've got to encourage people to buy homes, you've got to do what we're doing and we're, obviously we need to do it faster. That's why as I said, if you can imagine there there are, there are 30,000 more people in Ireland today working in the building mm. industry, the vast majority of them who weren't here a year ago because we don't have the skills we d- and that's why we need them in there. That's what we're doing. OK, let, let's talk about um, the political landscape in the future and as you say, we may be facing down the barrel of an election next year. Who knows? But sure. It should be really 2025 if we were to, to stick to, to the programme. It's reasonable to assume that the old order could change to new if we were to believe the polls and there is that shift towards the left and Sinn Féin, particularly amongst the, the younger vote. It is a realistic proposition, isn't the it? The old order changes and yields the face <laughs> to you and God fulfills himself in many ways. So we're hoping that we'd have... <laughs> we'd have uh, things have to change and they should change and that's right. Uh, and new ideas and new people come into play. That's fine. But at the end of the day, the people have to vote for and I'm not a party political broadcast here. You know, you want stability. You want to make sure that your job is safe, uh, that there's investment, that your tax is reducing, and that if you're on social welfare and low income, and if you if you're not able because of your age or whatever to work, yeah, that's that you can live. Uh, yeah, and know, the way you do that is by having a progressive modern yeah, economy. No, I, I get that, but but you've been around long enough to know that when you're in opposition, you can say what you want to say, and when you get into power, suddenly you see the sands shift and you have yeah. to reverse your position. Why not give them a go? See what they'll do. Well, See them <clears throat> change their position and perhaps they can bring a different dynamic and leadership to the country. Well, look at the first thing they've promised in terms of justice is to get rid get rid of the Garda Commissioner. 
I don't think that's a good idea. We need to increase confidence in the Guardi. We need to put more investment in there. Uh, they, they have their own issues. Uh, so I think I, I wouldn't be comfortable with them as a minister for Justin. I, I'm not talking about the persons. I'm not talking. I'm not personalising this. But, but why not? They've shifted. But, uh, they've shifted. <coughs> they've travelled a long road, shall we say? Yeah. Well, I mean, the whole reason the Good Friday Agreement worked was because the violence stopped. Yeah. Three thousand five hundred people lost their lives in the troubles. Excuse me. <coughs> the advantages of the GFA that all that stopped and that Sinn Féin went into politics and that's a good thing and it's right that they challenge us and it's right that you challenge me here today on these issues it's also right that I respond yeah. and say that we do have confidence that our policies are working there are more people working in Ireland today than ever before that's um, fine and, let's but, have but a look at the good. other side yeah but the other side is if they weren't working you know how would you how, how, how could you support the economy excuse me <clears throat> and obviously you know I think that this this is going to be a long election. They're going to be it's like you and me here today. And and yes, challenge us and challenge everybody. But the reality is we have the experience and knowledge of the economy. We understand the issues. Obviously, we all make mistakes uh, and people are right to hold us to account. But I, okay. I you know, I, I think that I think it'll be a very interesting election. Indeed. Right. I'm, I'm nearly out of time on this. And I just want to try and perhaps focus on one particular story, which was was considerably big in terms of recognising what happened in the history of this state. And that was the 25th anniversary of the Good Friday Agreement. What is worrying to me is that there's a cohort out there that don't really understand or are not educated or schooled or versed in the significance of that and what went on prior to it and how things have changed. Would you subscribe to that view? I would agree with you. When I watched that programme on Niedermeyer during the week, that was a German businessman, an employer living in West Belfast, murdered, disappeared and the sadness on his yeah. family and the, the tragedies they had. That's the truth. That is the absolute truth. And put that down 3,500 times yeah. and that's all the people who died. And that's the reality. And for people to know that the Good Friday Agreement stopped all that, thank God. And obviously all of the parties, including Sinn Féin, the SDLP, all of, they, they're, they're part of that change as well. So that's a good thing. But his, when I spoke to a class once about it, they said, well, sure, the, the simply fracture, that that's history. Well, if you know, it, it is history in that it's in the past. And what we have to do is to make sure that it never happens again. And I, I'm obviously well versed in all the troubles because mm-hmm. I lived through them all. And I mean, my, my children know about the troubles. I know young people today, they, they don't understand a lot of it. But I think the television programs that are coming out now are, are showing, you know, the reality, the human suffering, the the, the, the appalling kill, killing on all sides. Yeah. And I mean, that that's, you know, I, I, Columba McVeigh was a 19-year-old guy. He was murdered by the IRA. for a packet of cigarettes yep. and never came back. And Yeah, but, but he never will come back yeah. because they can't find I him. Know. He's in a bog in Monaghan, acres and acres of bog that the country... Uh, we're spending a lot of time trying to find him. The people that murdered him were in the IRA and they're not telling us where he is. Okay, that's Ferg- the truth. Okay, Fergus, before I let you go, no regrets, no going back. It's all <laughs> forward now, is it? It's all press forward, work like hell. Press the button. And, uh, every, my office is open every day, but well, not till the 3rd of January. I love my work and I want to thank everybody that voted for me and I look forward to working for you right up 
to the last day. <laughs> Fergus O'Dowd, it was a pleasure. Have a great Christmas. Thanks for joining Thank us. God. Thanks very much. Alan Cantwell on LMFM. Call Michael now. 041 The Michael Reed Show, brought to you by AirGrid. Managing and planning the national grid so that everyone has electricity when and where they need it. Give them the gifts they'll really love at Harvey Norman. Gift the gamer, movie or live sports lover with our range of smart TVs. Like the 65-inch Samsung CU71 smart TV with strong 4K picture quality, just 679. Or gift the Sony Bravia X75 with stunning visuals and enhanced sound quality for that truly immersive experience, just 799. Shop in store or online at harveynorman.ie for two-hour click and collect. And with our best prices guaranteed, why shop anywhere else? Christmas gifting with Harvey Norman. Please support the St. Vincent de Paul annual appeal. Donate today at svp.ie or call 0818-176-176. Thank you. The Opel Open Road event is now on. Discover the incredible Opel range, including Continental Tires, Irish Compact Car of the Year 2023, the Opel Astra. And if you order before December 15th, get a 500 euro Aldi voucher with your new Astra, Corsa, Mocha or Grandland. All available with flexible payment options. Test drive the entire Opel range now at the Opel Open Road event. Now on at Navin Opel. See navinopel.ie for details. Make Christmas for everyone at Dunn Stores with a 16-pack of indulgent Ferrero Rocher, only €6. Mix and match three for €5 on a range of drinks, like two-litre bottles of Coke Zero, Pepsi Max and 7-Up Free. And share a large bag of Hunky Dories or Doritos, only €2 each. Plus, with a 10 or 50 grocery voucher, you save even more. Make Christmas for everyone at Dunn Stores. Terms and conditions apply. Voucher can be used on next grocery shop of 50 euro or more. The Three Amigos, Jimmy Buckley, Robert Mazzell and Patrick Feeney are back on tour with their award-winning live show. See The Three Amigos live. TLT Drogheda, Thursday, January 11th. Tickets priced €35 are now on sale at the Hotel Reception and Ticketmaster.ie where extra charges may apply. Happy Christmas from the Three Amigos! Michael at LMFM.ie The Michael Reed Show with AirGrid managing and developing the national electricity grid so that it's fit for our current needs and ready for our future ones. Alan Cantwell on LMFM. Welcome back. If you want to text or WhatsApp, you can 086, you can call us on 086 658 or email michael at lmfm.ie. Alone works with all older people, including those who are lonely, isolated, frail or ill, homeless, living in poverty or who are facing other difficulties. And particularly at this time of year, it's a time we should be considering and thinking about the needs of older people in our community. Frank Dillon is Head of Communications and Fundraising with Alone and joins us on the line. Frank, uh, good morning. Thanks for taking the call. Um, How difficult is it going to be this Christmas from your charity's perspective compared to last year? Because I know last year was a difficult Christmas because of the cost of living crisis and we heard so many stories about older people who were afraid to turn on the heat because of what it was costing them. Is Have things improved? Good morning, Alan. And good morning to your listeners. Thanks very much for the opportunity. Well, I suppose in our own, what we're seeing is we're seeing a lot more people um, that we've supported this year. We supported 22,000 people last year. It's up to over 35,000 by the time we finish the year. So... A lot of last year's concerns haven't really gone away. The, the 
okay, the headlines about energy costs, but I think that the general cost of living is affecting people. And we know that one in five people are over 65 are living in poverty or at risk of poverty. So a lot of the issues haven't gone away. And certainly ourselves and our own numbers this Christmas will deliver well over nearly 1,200 Christmas dinners um, and, and nearly 100 of those to the greater live area which is delivered by our dedicated volunteers. So we, we, we are seeing an increase in, in the need for our services, all right. Now, when we look at uh, communities such as the one we live in here in, in this part of the country and throughout the country, what can we do as individuals at this time of year? I know we can, you know, donate money, but there are other things that we can do as well. Oh, absolutely. There's a lot more practical things we can do. That's that's always been what alone is by itself on is that practical support. And look, we're doing an awful lot and we have our national support and referral line um, on seven days a week and uh, we'll be doing that. But we're just asking people to be a little bit more mindful to call in to, um, to call in to older people, maybe just wish them a happy Christmas and just see how everything's going. Um, look, it's, it's always a risk and everyone's busy this time of year with shopping and lists and list upon lists. But it is nice just to spend a little bit of extra time with somebody that normally you give them the time of day and maybe just go a little deeper and say, how are things? Is there, you know, are you all set for the Christmas? Is the rent can be done? And um, reassure them about the energy bills because, you know, there is supports available. That was the one thing we, we, we learned from last winter that, look, the, the prices are high, the energy costs are high, but there are supports there through energy companies, through organisations like ourselves and MABS and DDP. It, it, the most important thing is to keep the heating on and, and it's a false economy to turn it off because it's a health issue for older people. Uh, there's, there's two things that strike me that will affect particularly elderly people who are alone. is the loneliness itself and the psychological impact of that, being alone over Christmas and perhaps not having family or having deceased members of a family. Um, how, how do you deal with that? Or how do we cope with it? Well, I suppose what we do is... is you know, there's, a, there's the old adage about a village raising a, a child. It takes a village to raise a child. It takes a community to end loneliness. And I think it's about, and as we put society back together again post-COVID, it's, it's about having those stronger communities. I think individually, we just look to see that, you know, normally, as I say, when you're busy, you might just wave at somebody and give them the time of day. But when we have more time to spend that, I mean, alone has over... 750 volunteers in the loud area that have volunteered to, for our support and befriending service where they will visit an older person. We match them with older people and they'll visit them and they'll, once a week, keep in touch, drop in, have a cup of tea, check on them, see if there's any support. And then we have staff backing up those volunteers that can provide those supports that are needed. And look, if anybody has time on their hands, we're always looking for volunteers. We're looking for them in across the area, Blackrock, Dundalk, RG, Drogheda, everywhere. Um, we have, you know, it's a, it's a practical thing you can do. And if you can't, you know, commit to making the visits, you can do telephone support and befriending, which is a great service, which just checks in on people and, and reminds them of medical appointments or prescriptions and things like that. It's, it's, it's such a nice service. Do you get the sense that we have shifted away from being that caring, inclusive society that we would have been a generation ago because it was always about community it was always about making sure that your neighbour was was okay in some instances now we don't even know who our neighbours are I think I think and we saw it 
quite a stark piece of research from the European Commission uh, earlier this year that said that Ireland was one of the loneliest places in Europe where the people they surveyed in Ireland reported being lonely or feeling lonely for 20% of the time with the European average being 13. Now, I don't think... I don't like to. I don't think it's our fault, but I think that things that have happened in society, with busier with the housing crisis, with everything, I think it has in some way sort of fractured some of the communities that we would have had, um, going back years ago. Where you know, every, and I suppose it's pros and cons, but I think it, there wasn't as much loneliness, it wasn't as prevalent, but uh, and people were closer and and knew and kept in touch with each other. It was easier, as you say. I mean, there's no such thing as utopia. And even back then, and I remember it as, as a young fella in Dublin, you'd leave the key in the door. In the country, the, the house door would be left open from when you get up in the morning and when you go to bed at night. Obviously, that's not going to change because there's been a shift in terms of security and crime and whatever. But but there has to be a happy ground somewhere that we we get back to where we need to be a little bit more considerate and a little bit more understanding of the needs of others. I think you're right. Yes, no, I, I think you're right. And one, one behaviour that's changed is nobody calls into anyone anymore. You know, we text or we WhatsApp or we call them just to make sure I'm going to call into you. Whereas I think, you know, I remember when I was younger, people were just knocking the door. And, what was that? and, and I was just walking by, I said I'd call in or, you know, and, and um, you know, do a cup of tea or just chat at the door and that was it. Um, so I think there are things some of the good bits we could put back into society and I think everybody's moving faster we, we were in a rush to get back to what we thought was normal after COVID and I think there were some of the bits even from COVID that we could take to, well, that were good when we kept in touch with everyone and we, we built that strong sense of community Just before I leave you um, Frank, there will be people listening to this who will be in a position where they're alone how can they reach out who do they reach out to? Please contact us. We have a national support and referral line. It's 0818 222 024. And if anyone's interested in finding out more about volunteering, alone.ie, there's a great load of information on the website. You can get a sense of what it is before you pick up the phone and, and even inquire about it. You can do your research there. But if anyone needs support, please call us on the national support and referral line. Frank Dillon, Head of Communications and Fundraising with Alone, thank you for joining us. Alan Cantwell on LMFM. 086-1800-658. The Michael Reed Show, brought to you by Airgrid. Managing and planning the national grid so that everyone has electricity when and where they need it. Get ready for a pawsome Christmas at Mutz Nuts Pet Care Drogheda. Treat your furry friends to perfect presents that'll make this season unforgettable. Spoil them with cosy beds, merry toys, gourmet treats and exclusive offers that'll have tails wagging with joy. Mutz Nuts Pet Care Drogheda. Open seven days. Happy holidays from our pack to yours. This winter be ready. Visit winterready.ie. From flooding, storms, snow and freeze to fallen trees, winter is hard to predict. Find out how to protect yourself, your home, farm, business and the elderly on the Office of Emergency Planning website, winterready.ie or follow us on Twitter at emergencyie an initiative of the Government of Ireland. Mike in for in concert with guests Brendan Shine and Philomena Begley at Carrickdale Hotel Dundalk on January 14th and with Philomena Begley and Ronan Collins at the TLT Drogheda on March 15th. Tickets €35 Euro on sale at both venues and ticketmaster.ie. That's Mike in for and guests at the Carrickdale Dundalk and TLT Drogheda. The perfect Christmas gift. Fears mount for spring calf trade. 
For more in your Irish Farmer's Journal, here's Paul Mooney. New EU calf transport rules threaten spring trade. An exclusive Irish Farmer's Journal investigation reveals the extent of Coolmore's farmland empire. Positive news for suckler farmers on Skep. How did your branch vote in the IFA elections? We have a full county-by-county breakdown. Plus, in Irish country living, don't miss our top TV picks and part one of our Christmas quiz. All inside the Irish Farmer's Journal. Wishing all our readers a very happy Christmas. LMFM. With Harry Corey. With fabulous ideas and great savings. Our winter sale is not to be missed. See in-store or at harrycorry.com. Harry Corey, see what's in store. It's LMFM Radio Bingo in association with the Gary Kelly Cancer Support Centre. It's week 51, day 5, it's Friday the 22nd of December. We're on your yellow coloured page, eyes down for today's lucky numbers. 5 and 9, 59. All the 4s, 44. 4 and 6, 46. On its own, number 2. 3 and 8, 38 6 and 3 63 On its own Number 5 1 and 8 18 4 and 1 41 And the final number 2 and 7 27 If you have filled out a full panel please call 041-9876-214 before 10pm this evening. For more details on where you can buy your book check out lmfm.ie We had a full panel winner yesterday. Congratulations to Mary Mealy from North Road, Drogheda who bought her book in the Max Shop West Street, Drogheda. Mary won €600. That means today's Daily Bingo prize is €400. It's almost 10 o'clock on The Voice of the Northeast. Brought to you by Dominic Smith Expert Electrical. We've got Christmas all wrapped up with all the best brands including Dyson, Apple, DeLonghi, Samsung and LG in store in Navin, Cavan and now at Blanchardstown Retail Park or online at DominicSmithElectrical.com. On air. Online. On your smartphone. On your smart speaker. This is LMFM News. It's hoped to vote on the UN resolution on Gaza will finally be passed today. It's been delayed for five days after the US threatened to veto the vote, which it's hoped will see potential halt in the fighting to allow aid into Gaza. Czech police are looking into whether a gunman who killed 14 people at a university in Prague could also be responsible for the double murder a week ago of a man and his two-month-old daughter. It's reported Gardaí are planning to charge a fourth person alleged to have been a member of the organised crime group involved in the murder of Detective Gartha Adrian Donoghue. Uh, there's been a call for a referendum on Ireland's immigration policy. The Royal Independent Group of TDs says it's time for the public to input into how the country manages international protection applicants. Go Slow Day is underway as part of Angarda Shia Khan's road safety campaign for Christmas and the New Year. And Santa has been cleared to enter into Irish airspace. We'll have more on that story and all your local news again at 11 o'clock. It's not just that Sammy has had his world torn apart by the conflict. It's not just that he has lost everyone that he ever loved. And it's not just that Sammy is only seven years old. Right now, children are being forced to live through unimaginable horrors in Gaza and around the world. And it's not just. This Christmas, your help could make all the difference. Visit trocra.org or call 1-800-408-408. Trocra. Together for a just world. 
Your weather. Weather. With Dunery Blinds, Beachmount Home Park Navin. Make a room warmer or cooler, brighter or darker, with a blind, shutter or curtain from their award-winning range. Free measuring and fitting. All areas covered. 046 909 2800 or visit dunaryblinds.ie. Windy today with fresh to strong northwesterly winds, rather cloudy too with outbreaks of rain. The rain will slowly ease through the afternoon with some bright spells developing. Winds will gradually die too with highest temperatures of 9 to 11 degrees. Call Michael now. 041-983-2000. The Michael Reed Show, brought to you by AirGrid. Managing and planning the national grid so that everyone has electricity when and where they need it. Alan Cantwell on LMFM. If you do nothing else today, you need to listen to this next piece because we are going to tell you how to avoid, number one, getting salmonella over Christmas, and number two, how to prevent food wastage. And no better person to tell us that than the communications manager with Safe Food Ireland, Dermot Moriarty. Morning, Dermot. Thanks for taking the call. Um, one thing, and I just want to thank you for it, is sending in an implement that should be in every kitchen Every chef on the planet should have one, and that is a meat thermometer. It is the golden bullet to prevent you undercooking meat, and they cost little or nothing. So thank you for that. First of all, tell me how we cook a turkey properly. Good morning, Alan, and good morning to your listeners. Yeah, a meat thermometer, a a great gadget to have in the kitchen, Uh, not just for Christmas, but all year round. You can use it on all other kind of meats and joints. Um, but cooking a turkey, really, it's all about time and, and it's all about giving yourself enough time if you're defrosting a frozen turkey, if that's what you've bought this year. So giving yourself enough time to defrost that. And then really just on, on Christmas morning, uh, giving yourself enough time to cook it. And it, it, if you haven't cooked a lot before or if you haven't, you're not used to cooking something like a turkey, it's a big joint of meat and it can dry out. And that's what people are always worried about. Oh, I don't want to dry it out. But also you want to make sure that it's thoroughly cooked. So having something like a meat thermometer, Really easy. It takes all the guesswork out of knowing yeah. when it's cooked. And we're talking about what? 75 degrees C for a cooked turkey. Absolutely. So 75 degrees is what you want to find on your meat thermometer when you're piercing the thickest part of the turkey between the breast and the leg. So that's that part just between the, the side on the breast and on the leg. And if your meat thermometer reads 75 degrees, then it's safely cooked. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely good to go. A lot of people ask us, well, I don't have a meat thermometer or I can't find one. What would I do? So all you would do is there is, is just rely on the, the simple checks that, that we've always used, which are um, put a, a clean fork or a skewer into it. It should be piping hot. There should be no pink meat and the juices should run, should clear. run clear. So, so absolutely. Um, so, one one so, thing, there's, there's one thing that, that you um, mentioned there, and that was defrosting a frozen bird. Major danger here if we don't do it properly. A lot of people I have seen in the past, and I was aghast by the practice, was they put it into hot water to try and accelerate the process. Absolute no-no. What's the correct way to do it? Yeah, and, and, and that's a really good point, Alan. Um, every year we, we hear stories of people defrosting it in a bucket of water or in the bath or something. Or, or uh, Really, the best place you, you and the safest place for you to defrost it, the bottom of your fridge. So on a, on a, a, a plate or a tray that will uh, catch any juices off it, um, bottom shelf of your fridge, it takes about 24 hours for every two to two and a half kilos of turkey. So if you've got a five kilo turkey, that could take up to 48 hours. So just, uh, again, give yourself enough time to defrost it. You'll know it's fully defrosted when 
it's soft to the touch. There's no ice crystals inside it. If it's a full turkey and the legs can move freely, but just give yourself enough time on the bottom of your shelf, uh, bottom shelf of your fridge. And maybe today or tomorrow, what you could do as well is, is just take a quick look through your fridge. And if, it, if there's anything past it's used by date, you know, discard it, get, get rid of that. And you could also make extra space for your turkey again. People will buy a lot of food this time of the year. So how do you keep a turkey in your fridge? You can make extra space. You can store vegetables in a, in a, a cooler place in your in your house or your apartment. Uh, you can store drinks that aren't milk or fruit juices. Again, soft drinks, you can store them somewhere else. And again, that'll free up extra space. OK, let's talk a little bit then about food wastage over Christmas. And in the majority of cases, every single household you go into in this country will have an extensive uh, food menu for Christmas Day and the next day they will throw most of it out. How do we prevent that wastage, the unnecessary wastage? Yeah, so that's that's a really good point. The, the, I suppose one thing to help, we, we've got a really handy shopping calculator on our website at safefood.net forward slash Christmas and that'll kind of give you a good indication of, of how much you need to buy based on the number of people that you're cooking for on Christmas Day. Um, we'd also say things like you know, if, if you've got a number of people over for Christmas and they don't all eat Brussels sprouts, well, don't buy Brussels sprouts for everybody. So only buy really what you need. Maybe check that you've got um, certain things that, that you need um, for Christmas Day uh, in terms of your herbs and spices and all those other things. Um, and a lot of people this year have, have opted for a turkey crown, which is a smaller piece of turkey. Uh, again, that's probably one one eye uh, on, on food waste and also another eye on, on the cost of food. Um, and I suppose... Using leftovers, I mean, that's that's a great way of not having to cook on Stephen's Day or days after. So using leftovers wisely and getting them in the fridge, uh, that's that's a really helpful way of cutting down that food waste. Now, I'm going to kick it back to you, Dermot. How do you cook your turkey? How do you prevent it from drying out? Or do you do the cooking at home? I do the cooking at home. <laughs> Excellent question. Well, yes, well go I on. Give, give me the tip because the, and you said it at the beginning. There's this absolute fear that if we uh-huh. cook the hell out of a turkey, it turns into an old boot and it can happen very sure. easily. Sure. Well, um, so what I would do is I would uh, I would cook it in my oven. I would um, uh, I would put a, a I'd loosely cover it with tin foil, and and what the tin foil will do is is that will keep um, the moisture uh, that kind of tent of tin foil over it. That'll keep the moisture uh, inside it. Some people can often put um, they will put um, uh, things like bacon across the breast, and again that will will help with keeping it moist. And, and then it's really just to check it and to baste it. So if there's juices in the pan, you know, take it out, baste those juices over the top of it. And again, that will help keep it moist uh, and keep that tinfoil over it. And then um, check it regularly. So I suppose a lot of shop-bought turkeys will have a, a cooking time on the label now. Um, we have a, a cooking calculator on our website again, so you can put in the weight of your turkey, the type of oven you have, whether you've stuffed it or not, and it'll give you a cooking time. But with any cooking time, it's always just a guide, and, and especially those ones on, on supermarket turkeys, if there's a, a, a cooking time on the label, that's a guide. So check it regularly. And, and again, use that, that thing of, of uh, a meat thermometer or, or cutting into it to check that it's cooked. Because your, your oven you know, will have other things in it on Christmas Day. It will have vegetables. It will have roast potatoes. So uh, you know, a, a more full oven won't as work as, as, as efficiently if it was just the turkey on its own. So just check it regularly. And... and um, uh, and then when it's cooked, you know, you can take it out and leave it covered in tinfoil for half an hour. And again, letting it rest helps with, with that kind of carving it, with serving it. And it'll 
help mm. with those with those uh, keeping it moist as well. Can I ask you as well, is it an urban myth to say that stuffing a turkey whilst it's cooking in the oven is the wrong thing to do, that it perhaps doesn't cook as efficiently as it should do, that we should do the stuffing separately, or does it matter? Um, you can stuff it. It's absolutely fine to stuff a turkey. The, the uh, I suppose the rule of thumb we would say is no more than 10% of the turkey in stuffing. So if you've got a four kilos turkey, uh, 400 grams would be the, the max amount. Really, I suppose the thing with stuffing is it slows down the penetration of the heat from your oven into the center of your turkey. So it will take longer to cook. And obviously taking longer to cook uh, will, will mean that, you know, there's a chance of it drying out and that. But I suppose with, with you know, with, with anything like that, again, you, you're going to need to build in extra time. So some people like that um, uh, uh, stuffing in a in a turkey. Um, some of the shop-bought ones now will come pre-stuffed. And again, it's just to give yourself extra time for that. And some people prefer to have the, the stuffing separately if they're um, if they're cooking for others. So it's, it's really up to you, but just give yourself extra time when, when you're cooking it. Two, two things that strike me as well. Number one, the giblets sometimes are contained within the um, the cavity of the bird. And it's not it's not unusual for people to take that out. That That's a key rule. Check first. Ah. Absolutely, and, and that's a really good point. If you're buying from your local butcher, um, quite often the, the giblets will be in a small plastic bag on the in the inside of the turkey in the cavity. So always check the inside before you put it in the oven because um, there might be a small plastic bag in there. And I know some people um, will use giblets for things like stocks and for sauces. And, and uh, if you're a, 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 an expert cook like that, they, yeah, there's loads of uses for them. But that's a really good point is to just... Check, your, check the inside of the turkey uh, just in case there is giblets in, in, in a bag in there. Where do you stand on washing the bird before we put it into the oven? Um, if we're talking about your turkey, definitely not, Alan. It's... it's um, <laughs> I uh, that the, really <laughs> the, the, um, so, so washing a turkey or any poultry, uh, all that does is it spreads food poisoning bacteria around your sink um, up to about 80 centimetres or, or probably about an arm's length from your sink um, that's known as kind of a splash zone. And um, if you kind of think about what's kind of in the vicinity of your sink, it could be dishes drying, it could be bread, it could be uh, other foods that you have. So all you're doing is, while you think washing something is making it clean, actually washing turkey or poultry or any kind of uh, raw meat, uh, that only just spreads uh, food poisoning bacteria in, in little invisible droplets around your kitchen. So uh, definitely don't do that, wash your hands, wash your chopping board, wash your knives, but definitely don't wash your turkey. Yeah, that's the final point that I just want to take up with you, and it's in relation to cooked meat, um, uncooked meat, and their cross-contamination. There'll be so much going on on Christmas Day, you could forget to wash a chopping board or a knife that could have profound consequences if you use it on cooked or uncooked meat. Yeah, absolutely. The, the uh, you know, most people can get by with one chopping board. Some people prefer to have a separate one for, for uh, raw meat and poultry and another one for, for ready to eat foods. So if you only have one chopping board and you've just used it on your turkey, you know, wash it thoroughly in hot soapy water in the sink. And again, with any knives, your hands on the chopping board and, and, and any countertops. And that way, then you're, you've made that clean break between handling uh, raw meat or poultry and then handling something ready to eat. Same goes if you're preparing raw vegetables as well, especially if they've, um, you know, they've still got uh, loose soil or dirt on them. Again, give your hands a, a good thorough wash on any surfaces and, and before you move on to the next thing, it only takes, a, you know, 30 seconds 
but it'll save you save you a whole heap of trouble potentially. Yeah, we leave it down with Moriarty Communications Manager with Safe Food Ireland. Thank you for joining us and thank you for the Christmas present. Now, I have to say that I have a digital thermometer myself at home and I use it. So I'm going to compare and contrast the two of these, the manual versus the digital, and see what sort of readings they give me if they're more or less on the money. But I would highly recommend anybody to get one of these. They cost pence. You can buy them anywhere and it will be useful to you every single day in your kitchen, no matter what joint of meat you're cooking. Now, in relation to how you stop the turkey getting uh, dried up and tasting like an old boot, top tip from me, get the skin lifted from the breast, push a half a pound of butter in under the skin and push it all the way over the breast. Right, that's the first thing you do. Second thing you do, get an orange or an apple, cut it in two, put it into the cavity of, <coughs> excuse me, of the bird if you're not going to stuff it. And that will give you that moisture, a little hint of a flavour as well. But I recommend the butter trick. And even better, if you have a very big syringe, you liquefy butter, pour it into the syringe, inject it into the breast of the bird throughout the course of the cooking. You will never taste nicer turkey. 086-1800-658 The Michael Reed Show brought to you by AirGrid managing and planning the national grid so that everyone has electricity when and where they need it LMFM's Diary If you have a community, social or charity event contact our classifieds department on 1850 715 958 or email info at lmfm.ie The LMFM Community Diary in association with Moorhall Lodge Nursing Homes RD Balbriggan and Drogheda where our residents are at the heart of everything we do Newly opened accommodation now available at Moorhall Lodge RD For more information log on to moorhallliving.ie 70 72 75 Ensure your turkey is safely and deliciously cooked. Search Safe Food Christmas. Jamie Lally here from Lally's Electrical. On behalf of the Lally family and our staff, I would like to wish everyone a very happy and peaceful Christmas and a healthy and prosperous new year. Thank you all most sincerely for the wonderful support you've given us over the years and we look forward to your continued support in 2024. Make your Christmas simply better with decadent Irish desserts from Dunn Stores. Serve glorious gluten-free brownies, crumbles and award-winning carrot cake with indulgent Irish made ice creams from Morelli's in County Derry. Or steal the show with our award-winning sticky toffee crown. Plus you can save with our 10 off 50 grocery voucher. Dunn Stores. Make Christmas simply better. Terms and conditions apply. Voucher can be used on next grocery shop of €50 or more. Did you know Sheridan Insurances can arrange private health insurance cover for you and your family? Benefits such as online doctor consultations, counselling, fertility services and health screening are facilitated by Sheridan Insurances via Irish Life Health. Call 046 92 40392 or visit sheridaninsurances.com and get the right health insurance now. Promotions Direct Limited, trading as Sheridan Insurances, is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Irish Life Health DAC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Today is the Road Safety Authority's National Slow Down Day. So to all drivers out on the roads, especially those listening to us in a car right now, please slow down, especially if you're driving through an urban area. And if you have a loved one that's a bit of a speed demon, ask them to slow down for your sake and theirs. This year, don't just think it, say it. Call Michael now. 041 98 3 2000. 
Michael Reed Show, brought to you by AirGrid, managing and planning the national grid so that everyone has electricity when and where they need it. Alan Cantwell on LMFM. Well, the mantra in the run-up to the Christmas period when it comes to retail has always been shop local. Don't do it online. Don't go to the multinationals. Stake, stick local. Put money back into the economy. Well, joining us this morning is Michael Hughes, president of Meath Chamber and owner of the Stockhouse Restaurant and Trim. We're also joined by Sean Farrell, centre manager with the Two Marshes Shopping Centre in Dundalk and board member with Dundalk Chamber of Commerce. Gentlemen, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Michael, to you first. How has business been in the restaurant for you in the run-up to Christmas? Because we're hearing reports from around the country that things aren't that great because of the price point in restaurants now yeah well it's it's um well first and foremost i have to say the last couple of weeks in the lead into christmas and next week uh have the figures have have been on par with 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 the same period last year as regards that but uh, the figures on par does not necessarily mean uh good business because of the price rises and and that rises and all of the things that happened in in the in, the, in that in the intervening time uh, means that it, it still represents maybe 15 percent of a loss over the same period last year people are just not uh, eating out as much as they were before uh the um, or, or, or those that are are not are not uh, uh, wouldn't wouldn't have the same spend, uh, obviously because of the, the the cost of living crisis as it stands. But but in the Christmas period going up, we're we're experiencing a bit of a bit of a, a, a rise at the moment, a very welcome one. Uh, but then we're of course we'd be afraid of the cliff face in, in January. Okay, so overall, how has business been as as somebody who's president of the Mead Chamber and gets to hear what's really happening on the ground? Are people adhering to the message to go out and shop local? They are indeed, yes. And and I mean, I've been over in Drogheda uh, last Friday in Navan uh, during the week here for a chamber meeting and that, and and then Trim, and the town towns are buzzing, uh, and people are shopping local, and we're delighted uh, to see it. The really. Uh, really are getting the message I do believe in County Mead we have our own mechanism for that there with our My Mead card as he did a promotion there on LMFM last week and it was very successful but people are, are adhering to the thing and, and I'd, I'd urge people to continue to do so uh, we did an exercise ourselves uh, during COVID where, where it wasn't advised to go outside uh, five kilometres of certain things where, you, where you, you went and did all your shopping in your local town for your Christmas uh, for, for, for your Christmas shopping for friends and, and, and family and found that it was absolutely brilliant and if you just Use, use your imagination, there's far more there on your own doorstep than people imagine. So I would encourage people definitely to go out. And we do see that there's a lot of footfall on the ground at the moment. People are out spending and they are spending local and we seriously hope they continue to do so. Sean, let me bring you in there and look at it from the Dundalk perspective. Are you finding that people are becoming a little bit more prudent when it comes to spend and they're not necessarily buying high-end items? Oh, yeah, there is obviously, Michael. Yeah, good morning, again. Sorry, good morning, Michael. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's an element of that, and that's seen it with regards to the high end. But just to echo what Michael said in relation to the shop local uh, message, uh, that's definitely quite evident here in the dark also. And all the more pronounced when we look at uh, our shop local vouchers, which have uh, which are going to exceed two million this year, which is phenomenal. Um, and that's a great indicator that people are shopping local. Um, it's a great boost for local economy. Um, this, this initiative was brought about by Dundalk Chamber of Commerce about eight years ago. Um, and now it totally says up to almost, almost nine million since, since introduction. Yeah, so definitely there is the, 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 is getting out the shop local, definitely, yeah. And why do you think that is? Because there was um, a view 
not that long ago that the way to go was online, the cheapest way to go and the best service was online. Why has this shift uh, come about, do you think? I think, Michael, to be honest with you, I think since the pandemic, um, obviously online, we went through the roof and, and records through, through, um, uh, people shopping online, obviously can't, couldn't get it in the bed. Um, and I think since then, and since we got, got, got back to normality, I think it became quite, quite evident that there still is very much a strong appetite for your brick and mortar shopping. It's not tactile experience, it's a shopping experience. And I also think with regards to shopping online, particularly with uh, Brexit and it becoming more difficult for shopping from, from online shops in, in, in England for UK, for example, that certainly has helped. Um, to back, back to our shop, local vouchers, every pound, every year that's spent on a shop, local vouchers is one less euro spent online. Michael Hughes, let me bring you in and just ask you about what the expectations are for 2024 when we consider that 2023 was a difficult year with the cost of crisis and, and people were squeezed a little bit when it came to uh, disposable income. Would you be optimistic looking into 24? Uh, I'd have a little bit of angst, to be honest. Um, I, I, I would be concerned that uh, unless the uh, interest rates come down and uh, they'll come down substantially, uh, that will allow people to have disposable income and the confidence to go out and spend a bit more, um, that we'll have a precipice. In our industry, uh, we're challenged. Uh, I think it was a, a, a mistake uh, raising the, the, the VAT rate from 90 to 13.5%. Uh, and there was a very strong lobby around that, but the government clearly didn't listen pre-budget 24 yeah, and I think we're going to see the results of that decision uh, when, when the not when the VAT after Christmas, because there's a little bit of a rise for Christmas, but when the one comes in, in around St. Patrick's Day for January and February and people are facing uh, a warehousing tax uh, becoming due in May just ahead of them and, and a VAT bill behind them, they're going to make, it's going to be a tipping point for quite a few uh, if, it, if, it, if that's if they're still there at that stage. So I'd be a bit anxious about that, but if interest rates come down and, and, and the both studies, the inflation studies off a bit, some of this might be might might, might be uh, mitigated, but I, I, I would be a small bit nervous, to be honest. Can I ask you, Michael, as a restaurateur, um, you have come in for criticism, as has the sector, for price gouging, charging exorbitant rates, and just generally trying to gouge people when it comes to going into the restaurants. What do you say to them? And perhaps you'd give us an insight into the sort of expenditure that restaurants are facing when it comes to staffing, produce, etc. Okay. Um, first, well, first, first and foremost, I, I, I do know that there was a, there's a, a slight division between in the hospitality between uh, accommodation and, and restaurants. And I, I know that there was quite a bit of... Uh, yeah, the, the focus uh, tended to be on the, on the hotel industry, but it's shifted towards yeah. restaurants. Right. Well, we're not so much aware of it. We, uh, I certainly haven't heard much about uh, gouging from a, from a price perspective. But, but I will tell you. No. Well, what I mean by that, we, let we, me be very. I just want to be Michael. Basis. Michael, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. I have to be clear on that. I'm not accusing yeah. you. I'm saying that is oh, the yeah. perception. Oh yeah. Oh no. Well, on, on the perception, I, I I would say that it's it's a. Uh, it's very hard to say that because any any proper restaurant or a person with a business brain would know that you could only pass on so much. Now the vast rate hike was one that that couldn't that couldn't be carried by anybody when they came on top of the energy increases and 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 the, what you call it the price of uh, increased prices in oil because of the Ukraine war and all kinds of uh, products that, you, that that just shot up significantly. But there was a there was a line there's a tipping point, Alan, where you had to stop. 
and you couldn't put any more price on because you simply wouldn't have anyone coming in the door. You just can't. Uh, you can't. You can't pass that, all of that on. So that's that's the that's that's the dilemma that we face. You can go to a certain point after which it becomes impossible. People are just not going to come out and use your restaurant. So it, it, it's 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 false economy for folks to think that you can pass all of those things uh, onto the customer. So therefore, you have to pick up the shortfall, and that's only possible yes, to do over a very that, short that, period. It's a, a very short period because this is not this is not confined to just the uh, people not being able to go out. You have first um, of January, you're going to have minimum wage increase uh, coming in on top of this. These are all small things. An extra bank holiday next year with St. Bridget's Day added to the mix. Um, you have statutory uh, things like uh, the domestic violence thing. Now, don't get me wrong, I totally agree with it. But uh, all of these things are, are little small costs that could be put onto an employer and, and in, 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 in our industry as well. And all of these things together are, are, are singularly are nothing, but when they're all piled in together and then piled on top of a, a vast hike and, and lower customer spend, uh, it's, it's just, it makes the business unviable. Okay, so Sean, let, let me ask you then the same question. Do you detect that there is that sense of foreboding heading into 24 when it comes to businesses in Dundalk? I, I think there's a sense of, and I wasn't so much foreboding, but I, I think we have to apprehensive somewhat um, I, I, this one good indicator is that uh, obviously which is a, the signs that utility bills will be will come down see, by in, in, in the first quarter of next year, um, and that's certainly going to help. And as Michael also said, um, I think the biggest factor there would be interest rates, uh, and if they, if they would come down or and reduced to, to a degree, that would certainly inject some confidence again and, and release some, uh, encourage more spending again. But yeah, the, the rest, I, I, it has to be. Ways to turn into, yes, there is an air of, of apprehension there for, for the new year, definitely. But overall, looking back on 23, happy enough where you are? Oh, yes, very, very, very much so. Um, you can see here in, in the dock itself, the town, the town is buzzing, uh, traffic is good. Um, I, I, as a bigger indicator, I suppose, from, from my point of view, more personal point of view, uh, from the Marshall Shopping Centre, uh, our footfall uh, so far, year to date, it's going to exceed, it's going to break all records since we've opened 18 years ago. Um, and again, that's that's very encouraging uh, to see that there's, there's a shoppers right there, it's tactile shopping and they're spending. Michael, just before I leave this, I want to ask you this question, and this, I suppose, is a COVID question, but fast forward a year or two, and that was in relation to the government supports that were provided to businesses. Have you found that businesses have weaned off those supports successfully and they're in a good, solid place financially? Oh, definitely. The supports were brilliant uh, and they were very well thought out and they were very well delivered at the time from, from the COVID supports to the temporary wage subsidy scheme to the energy uh, uh, reliefs and all that. Um, but I just think that it, it, was, it, was, it was remiss to do all of that and get you to a certain point and then, and then just make a simple thing like a, VAT rate, a 50% VAT rate hike which at a real wrong time um, uh, when, when, when people are exposed that some of them businesses might get lost and will get lost uh, as a result of, of, of just that, that timing. It's it, the right thing at the wrong time, possibly. But uh, I do think that the, all the right decisions were made throughout COVID um, and, 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 and shortly after. But I, I do think now that we're, we're, in a, we're in a different crisis at the moment. Uh, and uh, we, just, we don't know. It's as long as a piece of string, to be honest. OK, gentlemen, we'll just leave it there. Michael Hughes, President of Meath Chamber and owner of the Stockhouse Restaurant. We're joined by Sean Farrell, Centre Manager with the Marsh Shopping Centre in Dundalk and Board Member with Dundalk Chamber of Commerce. 
Alan Cantwell on LMFM. Michael at lmfm.ie. The Michael Reed Show with AirGrid, managing and developing the national electricity grid so that it's fit for our current needs and ready for our future ones. Mike Tinfer in concert with guests Brendan Shine and Philomena Begley at Carrickdale Hotel Dundalk on January 14th and with Philomena Begley and Ronan Collins at the TLT Drogheda on March 15th. Tickets €35 on sale at both venues and ticketmaster.ie. That's Mike Tinfer and guests at the Carrickdale Dundalk and TLT Drogheda. The perfect Christmas gift. Get hosting this Christmas with Harvey Norman with great deals on kitchen appliances. Create your favourite smoothies this Christmas with the Ninja 2-in-1 Smart Blender. Just €99.95. Euro. Bake delicious Christmas cookies this year with the KitchenAid Mixer for only 3 Or get the popular Ninja Dual Zone Air Fryer with two cooking drawers, just 199 Shop in-store or online at Harvey Norman for two-hour click and collect. And with our best prices guaranteed, why shop anywhere else? Hosting this Christmas with Harvey Norman. There's nothing virtual about the new Jeep Avengers range of up to 400 kilometers, with a price from 35,995 euro and more off-road offers to discover at your local dealer. It's time to start exploring the new 100% electric Jeep Avenger, built for the real world. Price excludes delivery and related charges. Terms and conditions apply. Book a test drive at Neary's Lusk, North Dublin, or visit JeepAvenger.ie. Nile am vahanat, vafa kaltek an mishe. Mishe evin fragrach asamadigid marker omadanta. Shin edet miu soidori lin. Nil aun ach brega. Dletter dit evesavalte. Agus nori lorgotu kaur, eist verlat. Ni godit kursus la foregen balin ogneasach. Bien takiak down igoni. Kurglech er ngorda shiachana, no torkort er always here punkai. Erna Hortgut Egrealtus Naheran. Join LMFM this Saturday from 12 noon, live from the Navan Town Centre for the finale of their Christmas Spin the Wheel promotion, where one lucky person will walk away with €1,000. And don't forget, you still have a chance to be in the draw, as the last finalist will be selected this Friday. So when you spend €50 Euro in any of the shops in the Navantown Centre, make sure you drop your receipt into the Spin the Wheel Drum and be in with a chance to win some great prizes. That's LMFM, live from 12 noon this Saturday for the finale of the Navantown Centre Spin the Wheel promotion. 086-1800-658 Michael Reed Show, brought to you by AirGrid, managing and planning the national grid so that everyone has electricity when and where they need it. Alan Cantwell on LMFM. Welcome back to the programme. Gardaí will be cracking down on speeding drivers for Go Slow Day today. 181 people have been killed on our roads already this year, a rise of 29 on the same time last year. They'll be cracking down on motorists over Christmas and on the New Year to prevent further deaths. Joining us this morning is Tony Toner, former Gartha driving instructor and on-road driving instructor with Orange Works Automotives. Tony, good morning. Thank you for joining us this morning. Um, Firstly, can I ask you, is it your view, from a professional perspective, that our road manners, as it were, are deteriorating somewhat? Well, Alan, I think we we tend to take our lives into the car with us and we tend to take our moods into the car with us. We tend to take our house into the car with us. Our car is a mobile living room. It's got the ambience we want. It's got the air freshener we want. 
the radio stations are set to those we like, the seat is set exactly the way we like it, and it's a place we feel comfortable, it's our sanctuary in ways, uh, but your dining or your sitting room chair doesn't travel at 120 clicks on motorways. No, it doesn't. But what strikes me is that we have every year, not every year, it could be two or three times a year, these particular campaigns around dangerous driving, road etiquette, what we should, what we shouldn't be doing. But yet it's down to common sense. Why don't we just adhere to common sense? Slow down, wear a seatbelt, be mindful of other drivers. Well, Alan, isn't it that old thing that common sense isn't that common? Uh, people tend, again, they, you know, and it's not everybody, but not everybody knows the proper etiquette to use on the road. Not everybody prepares for the journeys they're going to do now over the next two weeks. Bearing in mind, for a lot of people, it's the first time maybe all year that the family have been together in the one vehicle, travelling down to see cousins and relatives, you know, uh, all of that. So they're all in together, you know, in the in the car, mum or dad is driving, uh, they have to prepare the journey uh, in terms in their head or via Google Maps. They have to prepare themselves and they should prepare the car and make sure the car is fit for the journey. Um, the, um, the, like, the big thing about driving in a group in a car is the distraction it can cause the driver. Uh, you know, and like the driver really, you know, while they can be included in a lot of stuff going on in the car, they shouldn't directly be um, asked to do things that, dare I say, takes away their concentration from the job ahead. Um, you know, it's their function to get you there uh, safely, to get you there and have the crack when you arrive. Uh, and when there's Armageddon going on in the back seat, that's kind of difficult. So uh, children sort of uh, settle down there. Uh, parents, don't fill your kids full of, uh, dare I say it, coloured sweeties and um, fizzy drinks because you won't be out of the car park before they're looking for a loo number one or they're pulling the headlot out of the car. You as a former um, Garda Tony would have had colleagues who had to make that dreaded journey to somebody's house post a fatal road traffic accident and it is the one thing that nobody wants to do but the reality is over Christmas we've seen it already over the past week those calls will be made by Garthy and if you were to stop and just think for a moment what it would be like for you to receive those calls you would think twice It's it's probably one of the longest journeys uh, a member of the guard will ever have to do. You know, I have a member of my own family who was posted in, in the area you're, you're broadcasting from there. And he had to make that journey many times. And uh, many times thereafter, uh, him and I spoke. Um, he still keeps in contact with all the people, bearing in mind Loudmead had the worst accident record in Ireland at one stage and it had the most dare I say it uh, unenviable record of having the most multiple fatal collisions uh, it is 
it is the journey nobody wants to, to do is from the footpath to that front door. Nobody wants to do that journey. Um, and, uh, you know, it does, it leaves a legacy with the person uh, past the sad information. But the legacy it leaves behind the door, Alan, is absolutely life-changing. I live quite close to the National Rehabilitation Centre in Dunleary myself, and we tend not to hear about the individuals who survive but have catastrophic injuries. And the numbers of young people, particularly, you see being brought out in wheelchairs, just for whatever, for a walk uh, around the particular area, is heartbreaking. That's another legacy of speeding, of dangerous driving, and of collisions that we witness far too often on our roads. Listen, our, our, our stats, and you know, and rightly so, they focus on the people who who will not make it around the family Christmas table this year, uh, but. You're quite right. The amount of people who are seriously injured and are left with absolutely life-changing uh, injuries is horrendous. And it's in the multiple thousands. Um, the, uh, and a lot of it is from still not wearing seatbelts when travelling in the rear. Um, when that car is travelling at 60k, 80k, 100k, Everything in that car, including the people, including the children, including the family dog, are all travelling at that similar speed. And if they come to a sudden halt, the energy within still wants to keep going at that speed. It's simple physics. It's like like being hit with a missile in a a confined area. Yes, yes. You know, so the, the point I'm making is people have to be secure in the car sit correctly in the car uh, and please parents in particular don't put young people under 5 foot tall in old money under 12 years old in the front seat of the car when I started driving that front passenger seat was called the 75% seat because you were 75% in greater danger of serious injury or worse sitting as a front passenger Tony because before I leave it, I just want to ask you about the the success or otherwise of these campaigns will rest predominantly on the number of Gardaí who will be out enforcing the law. There is a problem there that we don't have sufficient members of the force to be out policing these particular laws. That is a problem. We need referees on the pitch, Alan. It's dead simple. You can't let people go out there on the pitch with no referee, no monitoring, nothing because it turns into anarchy bordering on warfare. Um, and most certainly, um, the, the, the guard, the traffic cores of old, which have been amalgamated into this new roads policing unit, which, like, genuinely for me, I'm retired now some 20 years, and it's just to play with words. There should be traffic cores, proper, dedicated road traffic core units, with high-vis vehicles on motorways, with the, the means to monitor, with the means to be seen themselves. Um, they have to be out there um, on our motorways, monitoring what's going on, and, you know, having a nice chat with people about their road behaviour and putting them back on the straight and narrow. Tony Toner, we must leave it there. Thank you for joining us this morning. Alan Cantwell on LMFM.
Call Michael now. 0419832000. The Michael Reed Show, brought to you by Airgrid, managing and planning the national grid so that everyone has electricity when and where they need it. Join us every Sunday morning between 10 and 12 for the Sunday Morning Request Show. Enjoy a wide variety of music with all your special requests and dedications. That's the Sunday Morning Request Show on LMFM after the 10 a.m. news. The Sunday Morning Request Show with first and last off-license where your Euro goes further. Just five minutes off the motorway at exit 20. First and last off-license Jonesboro. Wish all their customers a happy Christmas and a peaceful New Year. Christmas at Millbrook Market and we've got everything you need to make your Christmas go with a festive bang. From foodie treats to Christmas essentials, why not drop in and tantalise your taste buds now at Millbrook Market, Kennedy Road, Navin. Millbrook Market Quality food Amazing Let us take care of your Christmas shopping this year at Sage and Stone. Start with a delicious coffee from our takeaway barn and browse our beautiful foodie gifts. Get wowed by the selection at our gift gallery from jewellery and scarves to art and interior accessories. Enjoy a delicious breakfast or lunch in our cafe while we wrap your gifts for free. And if you can't think of that special gift, a voucher covers the whole Sage and Stone Dulique experience. Are you all set for Christmas, Tess? Not a bit, but I have ordered our favourite turkey from hogansfarm.ie and they have free-range bronze turkeys too. Order yours from hogansfarm.ie or from your local stockist. It's one more thing off the list. LMFM is once again counting down to Christmas with our exclusive online station, LMFM Christmas. Hear all your favourite Christmas hits streaming non-stop. Listen now at lmfm.ie and on the LMFM app. Brought to you by White River Motorsports Park, Colin County Loud. The thrill of a real racy experience at this brilliant European standard karting track. Gift vouchers available. Log on to whiteriver.ie or call 041 98 19 100. Michael at lmfm.ie The Michael Reed Show with Airgrid managing and developing the national electricity grid so that it's fit for our current needs and ready for our future ones Alan Cantwell on LMFM Okay, I, I just want to thank Chris and the rest of the guys who were here very late last night we've been trying desperately to get a hookup with the big guy in the red suit in the North Pole there are difficulties. Are we anywhere closer to that, Chris? No? What do no, you think? Alan, still no contact at the moment. We're having difficulties, I'm okay. afraid to say, just yet. What about trying to get them before 11? Would you be Yeah, we'll do our very best. We'll do our very best. There seems to be a problem with the connection at the moment. Okay, okay. right. We're going to work on that. In the meantime, uh, let's go to... Um, we got Graeme. Yeah, we, we, let's go. We'll bring you more Santa news now. Graeme McQueen is Media Relations Manager with the Dublin Airport Authority. Uh, Graeme, morning. Thanks for taking the call. He's been given the green light. Airspace is clear for Santa. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, we're all ready for him here, Alan, at Dublin Airport. So we're very busy the next today, the next couple of days. But Christmas Eve, we'll stop the flights just after 11 o'clock. Um, that'll leave the airspace free so that Santa and the reindeers can get in um, and they'll hopefully deliver some nice presents to you and me, Alan, and all the kids all around the country. Now, I presume the airspace will remain open for a number of hours, that all flights will be stopped probably after 11 o'clock, I presume. Yeah, so we're due the last flight in just after 11. Um, so everyone will get in. Lots of flights coming back. Uh, it's going to late on Christmas Eve. 
up until about quarter past 11. Uh, a lot of people coming back from the likes of the Canaries have been lucky enough to get some sun over the last few weeks. Um, and then we'll close it down just, just after 11 so that it's free for Santa Claus coming in. OK, now, to the adults who will be flying out over Christmas, it's a particularly busy day today. And when it's busy at the airport, the overriding fear amongst passengers is how long will it take me to get through security? Is that under control this year? Absolutely, Alan. We're, the, the, the team downstairs are, are absolutely killing it this Christmas. I, I was up there this morning, uh, both terminals, uh, under five minutes to get through security. In fact, I saw one tweet that said, I got from the car to the bar in eight minutes. So if we're doing that on the busiest day of the Christmas period, when we've got seeing 100,000 passengers, that's a pretty good sign. No delays or anything we should be worrying about today? No delays, no. It's, it's a windy, wet day, but things are moving well. Uh, the team here are, are energised to get everybody home for Christmas, whether that's coming back to Ireland for Christmas or heading away maybe somewhere in Europe or further afield. So, yeah, the team's in good shape, the airport's in good shape, and anyone flying can look forward to a good experience. Talk to me a little bit then about New Year, because that will equally be a busy time. People flying out on holiday for the New Year and others going back to where they came from for Christmas. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We actually close Christmas Day. It's the only day we close in the year. The staff get a well-earned break. And then next week, um, from Stevens' Day onwards, it, it's, 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 it's fully fully up and running again. So Stevens' Day will have about 80,000 passengers going through. And that remains the case right through until about the 6th of January. In total, over the whole period, we'll have about 1.5 million passengers going through. Uh, lots of people use that period between Christmas and New Year to get away on city breaks or maybe go away for New Year to the UK or somewhere in Europe. And we're seeing big demand as well for the North American routes this New Year. So lots happening at the airport next week. Great stuff. Graeme McQueen, Media Relations Manager with the DAA. Thank you for joining us. And you heard it there directly from Graeme. Yes, he is clear to come into Irish airspace. Last flight going out will be Christmas Eve around about 11 o'clock and he will have a clear run to do what he needs to do in this country. Now, we have Alan O'Reilly of Carlo Weather on the line as well. Uh, morning, Alan. Thanks for taking the call. White Christmas or no White Christmas? What's it to be? No White Christmas. It's going to be about 8 or 9 degrees on Christmas morning, so you won't be waking to a white one. Um, so there'll be, there'll be no big issues, but it will still be a little bit breezy, not as windy as it has been. There will be some rain. Now, at the moment, it's hard to nail exactly where that rain will come. It might not make it quite as far up as far as um, your part of the country, but there will be some rain in the south and there could be some showers on Christmas Day. But not looking too bad. It will turn cooler later in the day, so it'll be a nice evening for having the fire on because it will feel a little bit more seasonal. The temperatures drop back later and a cool night. That ain't so bad, eight or nine degrees on Christmas Day. That could be considered a little bit mild for December. Yes, it will be mild. It's um, it's actually up to 10 or 11, 12 degrees even further south. So it's actually going to be a very mild start to the day. Now, as I say, colder air will move down. It will turn a little bit cooler. Um, and the winds will ease off a little bit, listening to your... Talking about Dublin Airport, I was I would put up a message about the jet stream being very strong at the moment, and people that are flying home from um, America, North America, and Canada are getting home about an hour earlier because of that um, tailwind. And I had a, a couple of messages from my followers to say that the the uh, stay fast light light belt or the seatbelt light never went off, and it was a little bit bumpy, but they all did get in ahead of schedule. Now, if you, if you have that jet stream coming from New York, sometimes it can do that trip in five hours, which is quite something. Yeah, actually, some of the planes were nearly reaching reaching Mach 1 speed, 650 knots. I seen one plane 
So um, yeah, it does. It really does speed up the the flight home. Obviously, if you're heading the other direction, it does add a little bit of time. But um, yeah. Alan, talk to me a little bit about Christmas Eve, an important time for uh, Rudolph, the reindeers, the sleigh and Santa. How's weather conditions looking and will the big guy be impacted? So it does look like there will be some rain on Christmas Eve during the day. Um, There will be some showers. It will still be quite breezy. So by Christmas Eve, late in the evening, it should be improved and, and no problems for Santa. The only thing is that wind could help him come in a little bit earlier, so... The boys and girls might just want to bear that in mind that he could be a little bit earlier, so getting to bed early will be important. OK, bed early. And just finally, before I leave you, Alan, I want to talk about looking into the future. I know we can't do this with the weather, but just indulge me. Is there even the slightest hint of it getting very cold and the possibility of snow? It will get cooler through next week. We could see a chance of a white New Year's Eve. A chance of it, I just say. Now, but it does look like it's going to get cooler um, back to more seasonal weather by probably the middle of next week. So, yeah, there's a chance of maybe we could be ringing in the new year with a little dust in the snow. Great. Alan O'Reilly, Carlo Weather, thanks so much for joining us. And there you heard it from the horse's mouth. There's going to be no snow on Christmas Day, but it could get a little bit colder as we uh, head towards New Year's. Now, have we got them? OK, we worked. We moved earth to try and get this guy to give us a quick message and thanks to Chris, thanks to Maggie who put so much work into trying to get Santa to give us a message. Now as you can understand he is in huge demand so I think we only got about a minute or so with him. Have a listen to what Sandy has to say. It's been a long day here at the North Pole feels good to sit down Ah I hear a lot of you are wondering if there's something special you can do to make sure you get on my nice list this year. Well, I'm afraid there's no shortcut. But there is one thing that has always had a big influence on my decision. Santa really appreciates it when you show kindness. So help someone out, be generous, and would you like to know a secret? You get extra points when you do it with a smile. That's the man. Do it with a smile. Be nice to people this Christmas. We gotta leave it there. Have yourself a great, peaceful and safe Christmas. Good morning. It's the most wonderful time of the year With the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer It's the most wonderful time of the year It's the Scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. 
It's the most wonderful time of the year There'll be much mistletoeing and hearts will be glowing when loved ones are near It's the most wonderful time of the Scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. It's the most wonderful time of the year. There'll be much mistletoeing and hearts will be glowing when loved ones are near. It's the most wonderful the most wonderful time for the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas on LMFM with your local mace. Amazing value sure to make you smile this Christmas. Listen back to the Michael Reed Show podcast on lmfm.ie or the LMFM app. The Michael Reed Show with AirGrid, managing and developing the national electricity grid so that it's fit for our current needs and ready for our future ones. Eddie Caffrey here, reminding you to join me every Saturday morning for the best in Irish country, Cayley and Ballads on the green scene from 10am till 1pm. If you have a special request, email it to me now. ecaffrey at lmfm.ie You can send it in by post or to our Facebook page. In association with John Lynch Carpets and Floorings, Effective Square Kells and Mullaboy Industrial Estate Navin for carpets, wooden floors, vinyl rugs and remnants. Expert fitting and complimentary measuring service. See johnlynchcarpets.ie or follow us on Facebook. Christmas is the season of giving, but it can be difficult to know who on your list wants what. Save yourself the guesswork by giving the gift of choice. Whether you're buying for the foodie, fashionista or home bird of the family, they'll love a Dunn Stores gift card. They can choose... Subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.